Hi, hello, it's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out. Anyway, let's dive into this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Vin and Ali show where we review brilliant books that we've read, extract the wisdom, and try our best to share it with you. I thought I'd pause there for you to jump in, Ali. That was weird. That was a that was a that was a pause of invitation. Like I I just started the show. You, you just looked at me and didn't do anything. I'm not going to say anything what this episode. <laughs> All right, it, just, it sounded like an advert, like an ad. That was great. Oh, mate, uh, awesome, well, awesome intro. Be- it might as well just be the Vin show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Vin Jang show. Ali, my co-host, ain't talking. He ain't uh, yeah. he ain't contributing to this podcast that anyway. Was, that was a really nice intro. I was just admiring how how nice that was. And then I was thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't think we've actually ever reviewed a book. Like we talk about the books, but yeah. is it really a review? Anyway. Well, it's 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 our version of a of a review. That that's mm. how. If, if I was to review a book, I'd literally be doing it the way we're doing it. That's true. Mm. All right. Well, 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 thank you for that. Thank you for that absolute <laughs> terrible intro of a podcast. But you know what? You we're, think we're... like 30 odd episodes in would be a bit better at this? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was looking at you and I paused and I thought, come on, mate. What are you doing? Usually you do a longer intro and then you talk about what sort of food it is and uh, what well, what dish this is. Well, <laughs> look, you, you've ruined it. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dive right into it now and- and say that, well, look, the book we're reviewing is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And this is, I just have to start by saying that I wish I read this book when I was in high school and I was going through those first relationship experiences because this book explained why so many of my relationships, I guess romantic relationships early on in my life, why they all broke down. Mm. You know, as, as I was reading, I went, oh, that's why XYZ hated me so much. Oh, that's why I hated ABC so much. Wow. And it was just such a fascinating, fascinating book because it, it's one of those books that's, you know, you and I, let's just be honest, we're quite average husbands at the best. And, and this book, I think, allows us to be a little less average. Uh, very well summed up. See, I, I had a different experience because I didn't have multiple relationships. Uh, Chantelle and I hooked up when I was 19. That was my first relationship. So in my head, just wait, imperfection. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. I did mm-hmm. not know that was your first relationship and only relationship. First and I'd say serious, yeah, relationship was Chantelle wow. and we got married. So... Yeah, didn't didn't search through too many different menu items. It was like, all right, this 
as you would go with your dish analogy, this dish is amazing and delicious. So <laughs> let's keep it for 16 years and counting. <laughs> uh, that, that is the correct answer in case Chantel was listening. You said yeah, all no. the right words there. Oh, that was- I'm sweating <laughs> in this episode. Like this episode is, this is your domain. I know you love this book. You love love. You love relationships. You love all of this stuff. And I know that like there's going to be multiple things that I say in this episode that I'm going to get in trouble for after. Right. So. <laughs> Last night, I told Pei when I'm about to review this book. And she goes, okay, okay, okay. What are you, you going to talk about? What are you going to say? I was like, oh, man. I'm all, and so I'm sweating too. So please don't think, oh, you love this, Vin. It's going to be amazing. I'm sweating too. So we're both sweating on this one. I don't know why I have a beanie on and, and a jacket. I'll probably- Yeah, no, I'm getting hot here. watching you in the beanie right now. Like, this is this is not good. Hey, we're, uh, we uh, the start of winter. But look, okay. So the concept of this book, to, to kind of give everyone an overarching overview of it, is that Gary believes that there are five different love languages, okay? So let's just kind of give a summary of the five. The first one is words of affirmation. So if you love, if your love language is words of affirmation, you love people using words when they communicate with you, and that's your love language. The second one is quality time. I think that kind of makes sense. Receiving gifts. And again, when I read this one, I, I immediately thought, oh, does that mean you're materialistic if you're, you just love receiving gifts? But it, 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 no, it's thoughtful gifts, things that require time. It, it's not just Gestures. get her a Gucci bag, get him an LV belt. It's not about that. The fourth one is acts of service, just cooking for the person, looking after them. And the final one is physical touch, you know, embracing hug, sex, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So it's those are the five core things. And a really easy way I use to to remember it is I remember the 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 word rap, W-R-A-P. And then I also think of the letter Q wrapping around the word rap. That's how I remember the five hmm. the five love languages because the Q's quality doesn't really fit the word rap, but just kind of think of the word rap and then think of a Q kind of wrapping it. I remember seeing that in, in somebody's notes and I went, Well, that's fantastic. That's a great way to remember. Five love languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So love that. There you go. All right. Great context. So and I think just the other one, just so that as we dig into it, that I love that, you know, if you look at the framework of the book, is he talks about the emotional tank a fair bit inside the book. So that, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously we speak and we have these five, well, going by Gary's sort of viewpoint, that there's five love languages that are primary love languages. Let's call them um, Gaza. 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 Gaza's, Gaza's five. Uh, he's got the Gaza's five. And then ideally, if you're speaking in those love languages, then the end result should be that the emotional tank is getting fuller. Um, and that's why we then do it. Cool. Well, let's, I'd love to kick us off if, if you don't mind. Kick us off. Let, let's kick this off. Kick it off. What, what I found really interesting is, is and I'd, I'd love to let everybody know what my love language is as well. I mean, it'll be interesting to, to what do you think my love language is? I'm sure I've already told you, but what do you think my love language is out of the five? I would say that you would be, look, I don't think you're gifts. So we'll go by process of elimination. Okay. All right. right? All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you like a gift, but I don't think it's your love language. Yeah. Correct. Uh, um, well done. Physical, physical touch. Yeah, you like to. You're a pretty huggy guy, and you do those things. I think it's just like around around the normal levels of, of physical touch. So very we'll put good. that one. Right. You know, then me. <clears throat> quality time. 
is very high up there. Or I reckon that's one that's even increased more recently. So I don't know where you rank it, but off my judgment is quality time, like just from a lot of things that you've been doing, like camping and activities. You go to the zoo every single day. Um, okay. <laughs> so I think quality well, time is choice. higher. I don't know where you rank it, but I'd say it's higher. Um, <laughs> acts of service. I know you really appreciate acts of service, especially from Paywen, like when she cooks for you and mm-hmm. – you know, looks after Xander and all the amazing things that she does in your life. So I think that one is very, very high. Mm-hmm. And then words of affirmation. Ah, oh, you love words of affirmation. Like that is <laughs> putting it. It's look, true. Just, just a little, just a little tap of the back. Just knowing that <laughs> goes a long way. So, dude, dude I- it is the it is the cheapest <laughs> love language. I just want words. I don't even want gifts. I don't want, I don't need that much time. I don't need you to do much for me. I, you are bang on. You're bang on. Yeah. So are you, are you saying words of affirmation is my love language? Yeah, I'd say words of affirmation and then pretty close on quality time and acts of service. Okay. Okay. Well, correct. You are correct. Words of affirmation is my love language. And what I wanted to kick us off with is that whatever your love language is, you tend to speak to others in your own love language. So I'll give you an example. Pei Wen's love language, my wife, her, hers is acts of service. So, you know, she grew up in Asia. And I, I got to say that in the Asian culture, the majority of the time, the love language there, I think culturally the love language there is, is acts of service. You know, we, we, you know, in Asian families, we don't say I love you. We, we do things for you as a symbol of love. So for her, it was acts of service, our entire relationship. And up until I became aware of this book and started to apply some of the lessons here, I've been using my love language, the love language that I want on her. And as a result, connecting it to what you said before, her emotional tank wasn't full. Because I kept thinking, oh, well, she wants words of, surely everyone wants words of affirmation. Because when I get words of affirmation, it's so amazing, right? And because of that, I think that is the first error that we all tend to make in any relationship in our lives is that we don't speak other people's love language. We only speak one lang- uh, love language. It's kind of the equivalent of you know, being multilingual or speaking only one language. You're quite limited if you only speak one lang- language, especially when it comes to love languages. Well, well, it means really you only have really deep connections and nourishing connections with those who have the same love language as you. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't, it's not like I know everyone that only values words of affirmation. Most of the people around me value quality time, acts of service. So it's different. I think it goes back to what you even teach in your communication stuff. It's like there's different keys that need to be played and mm. potentially with love and emotions, that's, there's a greater variety and you're right. I think most of us would default to speaking in the way that we like generating those feelings um, and love. So that makes sense. Cool. It's a, what about me? A, what, what do you think mine is? So we get those out and then okay. we should do Chantel and pay when. <laughs> oh, I've already kind of gave away pay when hers is acts of yeah. service, but okay. So you, you, what do you think her secondary is? So just as you finish off pay when's, what do you think's next after acts of service? Gifts, I would say. I'd say her second is pretty close gifts. Because when when I and again, it's not extravagant gifts, it's when I put a lot of effort into writing her a card or 
taking Xander out to a florist and then picking a bunch of flowers that Xander actually picked and then filming it and then showing her. Like, that's what she loves. Yeah, I know she loves it. And I've confused it to be, I've confused the primary to be gifts. So even though I've been giving more of her secondary, it wasn't quite as nourishing for her as mm-hmm. compared to when I, you know, I bathe Xander or in the morning I wake up and I make her a cup of coffee and it's ready when she comes down. Those to her, bangers. Like I'm, I, I'm, like I'm kicking goals there. Whereas when I say, hey, good morning, I hope you can have a good day. To her, it's like, <laughs> that is an absolute waste of time. <laughs> why, why do you bother with those words? So it's, it's interesting. But to me, I'm like, oh, I love that. I love it when you wish me a good day. You know, it's, oh, uh, I'm going to have a good one because you said have a good day. I'm, I'm going to have one now. It's hilarious. And as we get into this episode, I think it's going to be funny as we showcase the contrasts of Paywen and Chantel yeah. and how, yeah. like, y- your whole life is communication <laughs> and the one <laughs> that you can master has oh. very limited impact in your own household. Um, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's similar for my life. All the stuff that I can do that I perceive that I have value in Generally speaking, Chantel doesn't have all that much of an interest in it. Like she does, but it's not the thing that's going to make her the well, happiest. Well, but I mean, that, that's the that's the example where we we speak different languages, and and yeah. and what's beautiful about all of this as we kind of pull this apart and dive into it, the beautiful thing is that you could speak different languages and still be in love. Mm. You know, that's the cool thing, right? I mean, that that's the cool thing. It's it's what this book is all about is how, how do you stay in love, fall in love with people who speak different languages to you? It's absolutely possible. Otherwise, how, you know, how, how boring would it be if you could only, again, if you only could speak one love language, only connect with one type of person. And then as a result, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's not as flavorsome, you know? Okay. So your, your love language, let's go by elimination. Uh, Acts of service for you? I don't know. I think you appreciate acts of service, but it's it's not a it's not top three. Physical touch, I know, is important to you too. It's funny, but you know, receiving gifts. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, for you, I think it's. I don't know if words even for you as well. You're. you're <laughs> See, I've got none. You, yeah. So, so, <laughs> For you, it's. I think it's quality time. I think the banger one for you is quality time. You you ain't really about the gifts, um, words. Yeah, they're nice to you when they're framed well, but for you, it's really about quality time. Everything I find with you is quality time. Hmm, that's interesting. I think. So I actually, there's an app where you can do a test on what your love language is. Right, right. It, so then I, kind of, I don't, I don't know you at all, and and, and you're. You find out that you don't know me. I don't know my love language. I might not speak a love language. I might have multiple love languages. So, so I started off when I did the test, thinking that it was like it was really close between physical touch and words of affirmation. Really? So it's not quality right. time. What? And then that? quality time was third. Right. Whoa. So. Um, and then like gifts and acts of service were low, right? But then I was digging into it. So if I look mm. at so many of my relationships, they actually have a very large component of acts of service. Like I'm actually quite useless at most things. So my life is built around like, 
lots of acts of service. But I don't think that's necessarily my love language, though. Like, it's a core part of it. And then, like, physical touch, I found out it's more like the amplification. So when it's a real high-quality, like, relationship, say, like, you know, with Chant, like, or intimate relationship, Chantel, the kids, you know, mm. then big fan of physical touch at that level. But then if I think about it, like, with work colleagues and friends and stuff, like, yeah, you're not, you know, physical touch probably isn't all that appropriate. So it's not, it's not one of those things. And I was using, like, I was using the framework also in the book. It's like, if this person did the opposite of your love language, which ones would you dislike the most? And for me, it just came back to, I think, words of affirmation probably became the strongest one. Like I could sit there and have all the other boxes ticked, but if there were negative words, that would be a real game breaker. Whereas not having touch, not having a gift, not having an act of service and not having quality time wouldn't be a game breaker. And I think that's where nearly the framework, it's a hard one when you really dig into it. Mm. It's got some contradictions and some complexities too. Because can you have quality time with someone if they're giving you the opposite of words of affirmation, right? Like if somebody's sitting there and they're like bagging you and making you feel terrible the whole time, but you're doing your favorite activity in the world, it would not be quality time, right? Right. Um, You could give, you could like, again, and I think this is where words of affirmation to me just stood out nearly as nearly the fundamental love language. Like I feel Mm. like most people have, a pretty significant of words of affirmation or at least the opposite. Like I don't think you can sit there in a negative words of affirmation dynamic and enjoy physical touch, gifts, quality time. And what's the other one? <laughs> well, which ones did you say? Already? Acts of yeah. service. Acts of service. Yeah. You could probably still appreciate acts of service with negative mm-hmm. words of affirmation because you could block it out, but mm-hmm. it's nearly like acts. Um, yeah. Words of affirmation, sorry, becomes, the core love language, like that's just what I found. And I don't know if this is legit or not, but even if gifts are your primary love language, can you just solve that? Like, can you solve average quality time and no words of affirmation just with gifts and still have a quality relationship? I'm not sure. Well, I think based off the premises of this book is that, well, I mean, what what Gaza says is that he goes – most people have a primary language and that's yeah. the language they speak. And that's the one like, well, not the one they speak, yeah. but the one they want to receive. That's what fills their emotional tank. So, I mean, he, he, he does make a fairly strong push that we all have a primary love language. I know yeah. that we, we want to say we've got a secondary and, and potentially a third kind of love language as well. But if we, we kind of try, try to focus looking at this from Gary's point of view, if, if he truly means it, and I mean, let's stress test it, right? If you could have no other love language, meaning you didn't get any gifts, you didn't get any acts of service done, no quality time, no physical touch, you only got words, would that sustain a relationship for you? I, I still go back to, I think it, you can't just have one. So, But if I was going to pick a primary out of those five, yeah. I'd still say it's words. Like yeah. both on the wow. negative and the positive side, I think that negative words – and positive words would still have the biggest impact out of all of those five. Well, I mean, for, for those that are listening right now, they may be thinking, how do I know what my love language is? Mm-hmm. And a, a really powerful way, which you kind of touched upon there just before, is that you can ask yourself three questions. And the first question you can ask yourself is, what do I do for others or fail to do that hurts me the most? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. What do others do 
or fail to do that hurts me the most? So think about what hurts you. So for you, you said words when people use it in a negative way, it hurts you the most. So that kind of gave you an inkling that, huh, it's Mm. words for you. So it's kind of looking at the pain meter, not just the pleasure meter, but the pain meter. Oh, but then quality time comes in because I'm thinking about the opposite of quality time. Like a really boring and sad interaction is also quite painful. It's true. It's like true. that's like if we're gonna get real brutal and dig into this. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. bad gift, perfect. I can deal with that no, no. any day of the week, right? right? Um, yeah. It's like the an gifts average you give act me. of service Sometimes or the job you done. Give me. The gifts you give me. Can I just can I just share with everyone? When I was getting into camping and Ali knew that I really love camping, he decided to send me a gift. So I received this gift in the mail. And like at the start, I was like, wow, this is actually a really cool gift. It was a, it was a little box and it was marshmallows and it was biscuits and chocolates to make s'mores. But then when I opened the box, there was no chocolates, there was no marshmallows and there were no s'mores. It was just he bought me an empty box so I could carry <laughs> my biscuits, marshmallows and s'mores. And I was like, wow, I guess gifts are not my love language because though this is bad, it doesn't hurt that much, right? I was like, well, you know, it just that's how I discovered that gifts weren't my love language because he tried to hurt me, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> I was testing it. I was stress yeah. testing the relationship. Yeah, he really was. He was, you know, just as an experimental thing through the podcast, he went, you know what? I'm going to send him a really shit gift and see if it really crushes his soul. And it didn't. And it really didn't. It just made me question our friendship. That's all. (laughs) And my ability to purchase gifts. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually pretty bad. Obviously, language that I can't speak too well. Um, Sorry, you're in the middle of saying it. That that you find that if if someone spent lots of time with you and it was bad, that would actually hurt quite a bit. Yeah, that'll probably hurt more than bad words, I think. I don't know. Really? As we dig into these, got a pretty thick skin on bad words. Like I can get words hurt me that. a lot though. Words from the right people, if they if they said it, it would mm. like if you said some really mean words to me in terms of like <laughs> and you really meant it, it. Yeah, I think that would cut pretty deep for me. Words would send yeah. me into a pretty bad spiral. Oh, that's true though, because now I'm thinking about yeah, like somebody they mm. really value you saying bad words. Like say like because there's different levels and different relationships too. Like again. I agree with you on that side because if you and me had a fight and there were really bad words said, that would be worse yeah. than you and me being bored for an hour or two. That's right. So, that's right. That's that's True. the other side. So is it like there's different love languages in different circumstances as well? No, but I, I mean, I, I'm trying to champion for what Gary is saying here in that there is one primary love language that we all have. I disagree with Gary. I think Gary really? has missed the mark a little bit. I think mm. the fundamentals are still pretty good, but that's mm-hmm. the bit like I think I think it's more relative to the circumstance. Like, because say for example, I know I can love team members on such a deep mm. level, but there are certain parts of those primary love languages that don't need to be met for that love to be high. Because say in a working relationship, at the end of the day, it's actually kind of more based around acts of service and gifts, like a lot of the time. And that's the that's the transactional nature of that type of relationship um it's well, reward based it's encouragement based. i guess it's still got affirmation and it's still got quality time so maybe yeah, not and it's even yeah. got sometimes physical touch in in a sense that 
yeah, there's teamwork, there's camaraderie, there's us going out, doing something together. You know, we, we might be playing game of tennis or basketball. Yeah, you know, there, there's, there's, there, there are ways to to engage in quality time and physical touch in an appropriate manner, right? And so it's, it, I mean, and actually, I, I, when I look back at it with our work, all those boxes are ticks for me because yeah. we actually spend a lot of quality time while we're engaging in work. That's right. We don't. We don't really spend too much, call it downtime or average time, even in terms of the way that we operate. So, all right. So I think you're right. I think it's maybe it's words and quality. By the end of this episode, I'll figure out my primary love language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning towards words, but I'm thinking quality time could be right up there. Well, well look, I only got through the first question. The first yep. question you ask uh, yes. yourself, the first question you ask yourself when you want to know what your love language is, is again, I'll just phrase it properly. Yeah. What do others do or fail to do that most hurts me? That's the first thing, right? The second question is, what do I most often ask of others? All right. And then the third one is how do you how do you often express love or appreciation to others? And I definitely, when I kind of answer these questions, if, 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 if I was to share it, again, how do I often express love and appreciation to others? The way I do it is I send voice messages to people. If you notice in our friendship, I always send you voice messages, I guess, in the moments where I feel you may need it the most, right? And again, that's me using my love language on you, which again, happens to be words of affirmation too, so it works. And maybe that's why our friendship kind of took off really quickly as well, is you and I had the same language. So without any kind of real conscious effort, we kind of clicked and things just went well for us quite quickly. You know, we were aligned in many other ways, entrepreneurially and life, et cetera. But having aligned love languages, I definitely think has been an accountable part to, yep. to why our friendship has flourished the way it's flourished. I agree. Right? And, and so, so again, that's, that's how I knew words were mine because I, I answered that question going, that's how I share a lot of love and appreciation, always yep. with a voice message. Even with clients, I do that. A voice message over email, over LinkedIn, et cetera. The second, the, the, the second question was, how do I, uh, sorry, what do I most often ask of others? That one was hard for me because I often don't ask for words of affirmation, but I want it. And I've had to learn how to ask it from the people who I love and I want it from who don't actually give it to me. So I've had to, I've, I've had to learn how to ask for that. And then just to answer the question you answered as well is, what do I do for others or, or, or you know, what, what, what do others fail to do for me that hurts me the most or do to me that hurts me the most? And I would say it's words as well. So it's just kind of hands down for me. That's how, and those three questions were very helpful. That's good. I think it helped me clarify just you speaking then that words is probably mine too. Cause I think that's the way that I deliver it. You do it with voice messages. I probably do it with written texts <laughs> more so. And yeah, it would be, it would be words. Like even when I, if you look back at our cause, right? Like even what we do nowadays, like entrepreneurially and in the world of speaking, communication and all of those things, like at the end of the day, fundamentally our job is sort of building people up and trying to help them flourish, right? Mm. Like even with this podcast, so much of that's linked with our values mm. around making people achieve potential, reach greater heights, you know, execute great work. Um, mm. make people feel good while they're doing it. So I think as you were saying that, it helped me clarify that I probably actually deliver it, receive it, 
going that way. Um, it would be words of affirmation. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, look, I mean, that's, that's so powerful to actually know what your love language is mm-hmm. and then your partners as well. So let's talk about Chantel's. I mean, I, I know mine is words of affirmation. We've kind of cleared yours as words of affirmation. Or Pei Wen, her big one, my wife, hers is acts of service. What about Chantel? Yeah. Yeah, hers would be words of affirmation too. Really? So, yeah, primaries words. Oh, so you guys, uh, you guys speak the same love language. Yeah. And Whoa. then her secondary would be, it's probably acts of service, yep. I'd say. So. Right. Yeah, so and then we we probably have seen that as well in our relationships. Like when we have little moments where we're both really around each other and we're building each other up, that's probably when we're strongest throughout our you know like team locked in. And I think it's it's been the result of a lot of things that we've probably both done as well in our lives. Like I think that interplay of you know that great foundation of support and then encouragement, and it's like all right, yeah. I've got your back. You go do this thing that's probably got a low percentage of success and let's see how it pans out. I think that's always been where we've really flourished, whether it's, you know, building a family, moving out. Like, and, you know, we started from like pretty humble, very humble beginnings, you know, where mm. I remember one day, like, because we, we hooked up, I was 19, Chantel's a little bit older, she's 21. And this is how broke we were when we were 19 that, I think I had like $5 left or $3 left. This is the random side story. We went down to the news agency, bought a scratchy and won a hundred dollars. <laughs> and we were celebrating. Like we just won the lotto. Like we went out and we, there was this meat pie place up the road and we went and bought like $25 worth of meat pies. And we're sitting there and we're like, yes, <laughs> like this is the best thing ever. For days. Like, yeah. Like I'm going to retire. This is like, this, <laughs> this is the end of the game. And it's amazing. And I think a lot of that is just based on, you know, seeing that unfulfilled potential that was probably there. And I think words of affirmation had a lot to do with that. And also acts mm-hmm. of service probably and quality time, like all those things, like the love languages stem, like when we've actually practiced them pretty strongly, I think they've resulted in a lot of the stronger things that exist within our relationship. And on the flip side, when it's not going so well, it's definitely when we're doing the opposite of that. Like rather than building each other up, we're diminishing or, you know, you're playing that as every relationship does, the the versus battle and you go down that path, then I think it, it has the opposite effect. So I think Gaza might be onto something there with well, practicing the love languages that are most important. You made me think of my first few interactions with Pei Wen as you shared your kind of first moments with Chantel, right? The first time that I went on a few dates, this was probably the first, within the first three dates, what she did was she invited me, Peiwen invited me over after work into our apartment in the city and there was a three-course meal that she had cooked. And looking back, what's really interesting is that was her speaking her love language. That was her immediately speaking her love language. And, and if I had half a brain back then and, and did a bit more reading, then I, I may have understood more that, oh, wow, this person is actually expressing their love language to me. They're, they're interested. Knowing the love languages and being very aware of it and, and knowing the love languages of the people around you can give you an insight into the communication. Because that was her expressing love. And, and then my version of expressing love was, 
at the time. I remember complimenting every single dish, just loving it so much. And I was using my love language. It's really interesting because we started our relationship and for a long time in our relationship, I'm until we read this book, to be quite honest, we were speaking our own languages of love to each other, meaning we weren't necessarily clear and focused on filling each other's emotional tanks. So this book was quite transformational for my relationship in that yours, you're both words of affirmation. So that, that's, that's amazing. <clears throat> Whereas for me, I've had to learn in the last, I'd say, few years, and I still am so bad at it because I keep defaulting to mine. I keep defaulting to speaking my love language. Whereas I, I genuinely have to have reminders around the place to go, no, that's not your wife's love language. That's your love language. And, it, and it's so psychologically difficult, man, because we tend to think everyone is the same as us. Mm. You know? Everyone surely loves satay chalup, right? It's, it's, a, it's a dish from <laughs> Malaysia. <laughs> you never heard of it? Oh, wow. No. It's, from, it's from Malacca. There's a dish where... It's hot pot, right? However, mm. the hot pot broth is satay sauce. Oh, delicious. It's like a thick satay sauce and it's the broth mm. and they cook it in the middle of this table. Not very COVID friendly. But then, and then everyone, you just dip all the different foods into it, mm. leave it in there to cook. And then when you pull it out, it's covered in thick satay sauce and you just, oh, oh, clog oh. your arteries, but it's bloody delicious. But then this is the one thing I'm taking away from this episode is please do. <laughs> I'm getting that. And then I, 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 but I kid you not, one of the friends I went to eat this with us thought it was disgusting, couldn't eat it, didn't like it. I went, that, that is outrageous. But I mean, the point of that story there really is different people like different things. And as unbelievable as it is for maybe me, you, and Chantel to think that somebody else doesn't like words, it's the reality of love languages. People have different love languages and it's okay. You just got to learn to accept that people don't all speak the same language as you. And if you want to be a functional human being and being able to communicate with others, you need to learn how to speak different love languages. Great. Just as you were talking about this, the thing that I really like about frameworks that are, because they're nearly like contextual models, the five love languages and one that you use a lot which we've really adopted over the last few years is the color coding. Do you want to explain that a little bit too? Because I think even as we go down the path of this book, mm. what this really is, it's, it's an exploration, a further exploration of self-awareness, but how do you then apply that even in interactions with the people that you care about the most? I think if we're going to dive into color code, that's going to be a whole bag it's too of long. worms. It's, well, it's yeah. very long. And, and just to give everyone context, color code is just another form of personality profiling. Yeah. It's like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC profiles. It's just another version of that. And what, what I will say on that, and then because I want us to stay focused on love languages in this episode, mm. is that with the personality profiles, it helps you understand the way in which you can communicate, the way in which you should communicate to others, the way others like to receive information. Whereas... I think love languages, I think talking about those two together could create a lot of confusion. It's a bit confusing. No, I think that's a good yeah. point. So maybe if people want to Google color code or yeah. personality yep. tests, and we might do an episode on that down yeah. the track. But it's, yeah, it's, I think it's interesting just combining different forms of these frameworks yeah. uh, to 
paint a more holistic picture around, all right, now I understand a little bit more about myself. I understand a little bit more about the other person that I'm interacting with. And then how can I utilize that information to get the most effective outcome? Yeah. 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 Look, I think, I think we should focus on love languages for this one and then potentially do one specifically for color code and then combine it because it's one of those things where if you immediately combine it now, I think it will cause a lot of confusion. Yeah. Good call. I think I nearly extended this episode by two hours unnecessarily and would have made it four times more confusing. So well done. (laughs) Hey, that's why I'm here. Keep things simple. Yeah. Yeah. Good, (laughs) good, good. Uh, Well, one of the most interesting exercises that this book told us to do is just make a list of daily habits as you're trying to improve your understanding of love languages. And, and, and again, three things. I love his list of threes. The first thing he goes is just ask, first of all, your partner, and generally this is probably most applicable with your partner or a close friend, is you ask them how loved and appreciated do they feel from zero to ten. So you can get a bit of a gauge on what their emotional tank is at. Because if you if you create a very safe environment and they're vulnerable and you're vulnerable and they go, hey, actually, I'm feeling like maybe it's about a four or a five, it could shock you because you could be using your love language on them. And because you use your love language on them, in your mind, you're thinking, surely they're at a nine. Surely they're, they're, they're feeling very loved. But that's such a powerful question because it gives you this nice, no, or consider, this is if you can create a safe environment for them to tell the truth. But if you can do that, far out, that's great self-awareness in understanding, are you meeting the emotional needs of those around you? So I, I love that question. You know, How love and appreciated do you feel from zero to 10? The second thing is ask for a list of ways where you can make them feel more loved and appreciated. And that's when I realized that for Pei Wen, asking her that question, she, she said, I would love it if some mornings you would make me a coffee before I even come down. And I went, what? That? Like that? That fills the emotional cup. She goes, yeah, that would mean the world to me. And I just, I, I, it was almost like you were speaking Egyptian to me. I, I just, I couldn't understand it. But the way in which she said it, I went, wow, okay, I could tell that really means a lot to you. All right, I'll do it. And it brought her so much joy when I, when I make her a cup of coffee and I didn't realize that. But that now becomes a part of my toolkit. When I want to make my wife happy, when I want to fill up her emotional tank, she's having a bad day, I could go make her a cup of coffee, fix her favorite beverage, you know, cut her up a piece of fruit or something. And that, that means a lot to her. So don't leave it to guessing. Ask the person. And the final thing is like, these are daily habits, daily habits of just asking the person, Hey, how loved do you feel today? Second of all, asking them, what can I do to make you feel better? And then from that list, pick one of the things and do it. Like these were just the three things he, he says, try to make these things a habit. And that's how you start to be able to be better for each other. Yeah. It's amazing how simple these yeah. things are as well. Funnily it enough is. with Chantel, it was the same thing. The, it was just at the opposite end of the spectrum. It was a cup of tea. Before bed, mm. <laughs> right? Like it's a cup of tea before bed. Really? It's yeah. yeah. And then the other one that we had recently right. was just doing like normal things, uh, more normal things as a family, right? Like going down to the shops together because what we now do just because of time constraints, stuff like that. Like it's like, I'll go do the grocery shopping or mm. Chantel will go do the grocery shopping. Like the last time we've actually just all as a family had a stroll at the shops 
and done those things together. It's probably been a little while. We just do it less frequently than what we used to. And that was mm. something that Chantel really values. She's like, I'd love us to do just more of that, you know, call it routine stuff. But we- Well, that sounds like quality time though. That sounds it's quality like quality time. time. So that's quality time on there. And um, the other one there, so it could even be that maybe on the words of affirmation, and that might be another part of this, is say if we both speak words of affirmation, it might even be mm. a signal that we might be happy with how words is going. So now we're looking at the next couple on our list as well, which might be a little bit more quality time. It might be um, acts of service. And that that might be how you then color in. Like mm. say if the primary love language, if you speak that, that might get you to a five or a six out of 10, let's call yeah. it. But then if yeah. you add in the two secondaries, that might get you to an eight. And then if you add in mm. all of it and you have it in that perfect balance, that's maybe how you have a nine or a 10 out of 10 relationship. Because well, just before you move forward with that, before you move forward with that idea, I think it's so important to get the primary correctly. Because mm. like, let's say here with you and Chantel, right? You just, what you just mentioned, one of it was acts of service, which was bringing her the tea. The second thing was quality time. You said initially at the beginning of this that her main primary is words of affirmation. Yep. And the only reason I'm calling that out is because I think if you get the primary wrong, then you're missing out on five points. Now yeah. you're just playing with little one point improvements. That's right. If you get the others correct. It, it's like, and now here you go. Here's, here's a food metaphor. It's like I ordered a steak, but they, you know, it's got the salad. It's got the potato chips on the side. It's got the potatoes. It's got everything. But I ordered a steak and then they bring out to me a piece of fish. I mean, I still got the salad. I still got the potatoes. I still got the hot chips and everything. But I didn't order fish. I wanted steak. So I think we've got to make sure we get the the primary correct because that's the main dish the person wants. Yeah. Agreed. Get, you really get cool that point. wrong and the whole meal is bloody ruined. Yeah, it's, it's nearly like the 80-20 rule or Pareto's that's law. Right. You get the primary that's right, right. It's, gonna, yep. it's gonna solve a large amount of the problems. That's right. So I think that's that's a really powerful you, you helped me understand that in a deeper way yeah. just through that simple food metaphor. Because the other thing that, so what do you think Chantel's is then? Because you just listed two separate things. No, it's still words. Like words is still the main one, but that wasn't one that had an empty bucket when we were having the recent conversations. Right. Like the words is actually pretty good at the moment. So, so she was happy with the steak. She was working on the sides. Yeah. Wanted more sides. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Because words, we we actually solved words probably five, six months ago. Because what we realized that we were doing a little while back is that we weren't, we weren't really doing words. And we were doing the opposite of that. Like rather than building each other up, we, we nearly got into the habit of it was nearly a diminishing type of interaction. It just happened organically. Right. And, and then we had to, we sort of looked at that and made that correction where it's like, all right, well, there's no benefit in us going down this path. Um, and then we both realized, I think just organically, I think that's the other thing when there's two sides, it's just when you were speaking about how you were speaking, potentially the incorrect love language to yeah. pay when, what I realize is when you do have the same primary love language, the danger of when you nearly like subconsciously or consciously decide that you're going to stop speaking that language to that person. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about using it as a, as an attack tool. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's, a, it's an, yeah. maybe not even an attack tool. Like it just 
I think yeah. it just is one of those things that just happens, you know. Like, well, when you're angry, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to mean you were attacking. Well, it's not it's even angry, war. but it could even be that I want that language spoken to me, and then so how oh. am I going to go and speak that language when I'm not getting in of that language? And then I think that just keeps reciprocating, and it can be a little bit of a downward spiral if it's not corrected or picked up on. Hmm. And I think that would be probably a pretty common thing in in a lot of relationships. Like a lot of the times we probably like, even when you look at the stuff that is in this book, right? Like a lot of it is pretty common sense. It's just kind of framed in, in a nice way. Like I think deep down when you've been in a relationship for five, 10, 15 years, if you've been paying somewhat type of attention, we kind of know what our partners want. Like I don't think you can get 10 years in and be like that, bucket was completely empty and it'd still be a relatively healthy relationship, right? Like even, I know you're a pretty hard to judge on this though, because I know how much you want to optimize it. But if you think about it, there's probably clues that exist there where you were ticking a lot of those primary love language boxes um, and clues where yeah, you but weren't. I, but-, but, I, but I served them as sides. You served them as sides. Do you okay, think that so was like, fully though? Like Yes. Hundred percent. You think? Yeah. Okay. Hundred yeah. percent. Like Paywen still got acts of service, but it was the coleslaw on the side. Yeah. I, I would. I would very occasionally do it. Whereas what she wanted was she wanted that as her main, and then words of affirmation can be a side. Right. Yeah. So I that I have no idea how powerful that framing is for me. Because the framing of the food dishes helps me understand it a lot more. Is that it, it doesn't mean we neglect the secondary and the, or the multiple secondaries. It, it just means that where are you putting all your time and energy? What's the focus here? What's the main thing on this plate? Yeah. And the, the main thing on this plate for, for Pei Wen for the longest time that I was giving her was words of affirmation. And I just gave her love language, which was, again, acts of service, just on the side. A little, little side. Not too much, just a little bit. Yeah. And... And, and, and again, like I, you know, this is, I know it's a vulnerable thing for us to talk about and talk about our own relationships and why, partly why we're both probably sweating, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the reasons why I think I haven't been able to really help her and fill her emotional tank and, and do it well. I think that's where I can improve. And, and, and here's the thing too, in a relationship, I think it's so important that, that hopefully you're in a relationship where you can speak fairly openly with your partner because I've been very open with Pei Wen as well to say, hey, my love language is words of affirmation. You know, I, I want my main thing on the dish to be words of affirmation and acts of service. Look, hey, I love it too. Please don't misunderstand me and think I don't value it. But that for me is a side, you know, quality time. Sure. Like I love it, but that's a side. I, words of affirmation is my main thing. And if you give me that as my main, happy as Larry. We can have some physical touch for dessert. Yeah, that's right. There you go. That's that's uh, okay. I have to I have to share this story. So I was I was at Ali's house and I was I was sitting there in the corner and we're just doing a bit of work on the laptop and Chantel was in the room, and then Chantel, Ali's wife, she she starts sniffing Ali's head, and I, I can see her from afar just kind of sniffing his head. And first I was like, oh, that's very loving. It's kind of like an, an, uh, a bit of a kiss. He's like, you know, when you, you put your, your nose to somebody's head and you go, <laughs> yeah, you just give it a bit of a kiss. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Look at them being all lovey-dovey. 
And then, and then I realized that it's not really a kiss, but it's a sniff. <laughs> and then I, I kind of pay more attention and I start noticing her taking really hard sniffs of Ali's bald head. And then I, then I, then I really pay attention and can't work anymore. I'm going, holy shit, she's going in for a whiff of his, his, his head skin. And she's sniffing and she's smelling it. And, she goes, and then finally she goes, oh, it smells so good, Vin. It smells so good. So then I'm sitting there now going, I want to know what it smells like. <laughs> so so now, now I'm curious and I start having these wild thoughts in my head going, I wonder what it smells like. Does it smell like, like flowers? How could it be that good? I mean, it's just, it's just head skin. And then, and then I, in a moment of weakness, I guess for you and I, I said, can I smell your head, Ali? And you're like, yeah, bro. Yeah, no worries. It was late in the middle of the night. You walk over. He leans over so I can have a sniff. And I sniffed it. And I sniffed it pretty hard because I went, you know, I want to get a real good hit really of got this. Good waft. Good yeah, so I got a really good waft. My mouth was open. It was just, it was a full 3D, 4D experience. And then the moment it hits my nose, I couldn't believe how disgusting his head smelled. It was one of the worst smells. It was, there was, it was like dirty socks with blood. <laughs> this story's really taken a turn for the worst. And it was, it was the most disgusting thing. I lost so much respect for Chantel. I couldn't understand what was happening. And that moment it happened, which was only a month ago, forever changed our friendship. <laughs> It was freaking oh. awful, and and that's and that's how I realized my love language was not physical touch <laughs> or smell <laughs> or smell. Yeah, absolutely not. But it was it was outrageous. It smelled like yeah, no, that's sour. It was smelly. It's like and, you know, you know, wow. some people like blue cheese, and oh. it's <laughs> uh, the mold. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's, it's, it's an acquired oh. taste over sixteen years. Oh, like. God. We're still too early oh. in our relationship for you to appreciate the smell of my bald, sweaty head. Wow. Well, yeah. No, I don't know no, how I, this helps the audience. I, I, look, I don't know either. I, there's, there was no wisdom there. There was definitely no wisdom. But look, I, I, really, I really appreciate you sharing that story. That's it's a, a few words hey, of affirmation for you. Hashtag and, vulnerability. Yeah. Hashtag I vulnerability. Guess the, I guess it's unconditional love on mine and Chantel's side there. Like, that's, that's the next level. Well, I love in the book, it speaks about being in, I think it might be like being in love versus real love. Did you remember that concept where it nearly talks about like the initial, so it's the initial part of a relationship, you know, called the honeymoon period where there's passion Mm -hmm. and most relationships start like that. And I think the example that they used in the book was somebody who's been married three times. They, Mm -hmm. you know, I do remember this now. The marriage lasts for like the first one was 10 years. The next one was six. The next one was three. And the mm. end of the story was pretty much starts off very passionate, loving, that feeling's really warm, then you get married, and then reality kind of sets in and the world gets a little bit normal and those sort of initial, call it, you know, lusty types of feelings diminish, and then the marriage would fail. Yep. And just as we talk about that, I think it's really interesting because both of us, like Chantal and I have been together for 16 years. You've been together for how long? Was it 10, 12, you say? 2009, we started dating, married since 2015. Okay, so call it 13 years. Um, And I think what was really cool in the book 
is it talks it had a concept around deeper relationships and then how they then like love like nearly the emotions they get mixed with a bit of logic and reason and discipline and to actually have a long lasting relationship mm. it's actually quite an incredible thing that takes so many i don't know repetitions and positive interactions <laughs> and awareness and compromise and all of these bits and pieces. And I think it's just so interesting as we dig into it, you know, especially when you see, what is it like 50 to 70% of relationships fail within 10 years nowadays. Like just how you get that longevity and get the depth of a relationship and to expand out. Like that was just one of the things that I was thinking about a lot as I was reading this and uh, funnily enough, just randomly on the side, Chantel and I, we, were, we went out for lunch the other day. We were up sort of on the Mornington Peninsula and we're having a laugh and we're talking about, like, I said she told her, I'm like, if we met today and this was still on the table, I would still be like, I would cherish you so much. I'd be like, this is amazing that I was able to find somebody like you that we could hook up. But I'm, I'm like, it's so interesting how after we've been together for 16 years, how that can get forgotten at times. And, you know, and it's, mm. it was just nearly that reminder of, well, imagine if this was a situation you'd never seen each other before and you and we saw each other today, would you still be wrapped that that's the person in your life? And it was a pretty cool realization mm. that, yeah, I would be like in that situation. If we went out on a date or whatever it was, and we'd never met each other before, even 16 years later, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be so proud like to introduce you to my family and my friends and, you know, for all the interactions would have, who you are as a person, all these things. But it's hilarious how like as a natural progression on relationship, how much work has to actually be done to keep those, to keep that relationship healthy and flourishing. Um, we've spoken about this as well, where it's like dirt can come on the windscreen in a relationship and it can get tinged over time as well. So how do you keep renewing that and cleaning it and keep it moving forward. Well, to, to, to add a little bit of context to that metaphor of dirt on the windscreen, it's that, you know, it's the windscreen of your car. You know, while you're driving together in this vehicle called a, a marriage or relationship, a lot of the times dirt gets on every window and then you're driving blind. You, you don't know where you're going anymore. And, and I think the concept is how, how do we keep that clean so that we, we, we get to see clearly where we're headed, right? I mean, there are so many facets to a relationship because Paywen asked me this really interesting question last night because she knew we were about to do this podcast and <laughs> I was just kind of talking to her a little bit and she, she made me feel really nervous about this conversation. Yeah, yeah, same here. We had the same conversation for about Did two hours. Have- we had like a pre-podcast podcast. Just- That's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of those ones where it's like, will she still love me after this? Yeah. She goes... She goes, now that you know that your love language is words of affirmation, she mm. goes, say you knew this when we were first dating and you knew that my primary love language that I spoke was acts of service and it didn't match up with you, would you have still fallen in love with me? And I was like, damn it, this is a trap. I know it. I can sense it. I can feel it. I know it. <laughs> Abort mission. Abort mission. <laughs> I knew it was. <laughs> but she looked at me super serious and paused for a really long time. I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to answer it. <laughs> and thank goodness I'm a communication master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
As soon as somebody prefaces their next sentence with that, there's just a tinge of insecurity that's about to, <laughs> that's showing itself. Yeah. But I'm going no, to back you in here with some words of affirmations. Like, thankfully, you're the best communicator on earth and you were able to yeah. handle this situation. You were prepped for it. Come on. You got this. Thank you. So, so yeah. what I said to her was that th- there are so many dimensions to, to the love that I feel for you <laughs> because it's not just love languages. Like love languages is one dimension of this. Whereas I love how loyal you are. I love that you look after the family. You look after me. Like you've, you've, I've never had anyone look after me as well as you. I love that you give me the freedom to flourish with my career path and me doing what I love. I, I love that you give me time and space for myself. You know, I love that you plan these beautiful family holidays that we go on together. I love that when I connect with you on a deep level, we can we can talk about really tough things and and move through it easily. You know, it's not sitting there going, "Oh, you're saying that that's, you're saying that because you you want to use that to sabotage me." No, no, there's none of that in our relationship. So I just kind of described. It. I said, "There's so many dimensions to the love that I feel for you." That like you're already a nine out of ten when I met you. Even if I was aware of this, that's that's one off. And guess what? The beautiful thing about love languages is, well, you can learn to speak another language, you know. But so many of the values that we had aligned. That's why I loved you because I felt she felt a bit concerned that oh no, this whole love languages thing. Imagine if you knew about this before we met, maybe we wouldn't have loved each other. And I was like, that's that's impossible. We still would have fell in love. It, it's just one of those things that's it's an enhancer. It's not everything. And, and that's why I think there are some relationships in our lives, and this is not just marriages, but there are some people we meet and we go, man, we just click. That's amazing. I, just, I feel like I just click with you. You and I just, boom, just house on fire. And I think that is when people are speaking the same love language. So you can actually use this as a really powerful tool from a communication standpoint to build rapport with people exceptionally fast. The only difficult thing is, discovering that person's true love language. You know, because these things, people don't wear it on a shirt and you've got to be kind of close to the person to go, hey, you know, what's your love language? Have you, you know, what do people not do for you? Or what do people do for you that hurt you the most? Like those questions are very, you know, I'm not going to tell you if you met me on the street, you're one of my clients and you ask me that, I'm not I'm probably not going to tell you, right? Yeah, but it just made me think of that. Just kind of, yep. A, it's multidimensional. This is a part of it. And B, damn, it's a powerful tool if you could identify what the other person's love language is. And again, the interesting thing, just when you were speaking right there with those five things that you listed, Mm. they're all acts of service and like a bit of quality time. Yeah. Right? So maybe there's, there's that notion that there's two sides to this. Like a lot of the times maybe we're looking for others in our life to complement some of the love languages that aren't our primaries so that those mm. boxes get filled. Like even if I look at – I get back to I think marriage, marriages, call it there. Like that type of relationship feels like it's fundamentally based. At its core, a lot of that is based around acts of service both ways. Like even if you look at it traditionally over the years, right? Like that, it was a contract, death do you part for acts of service, unconditional in sickness and health. I will be there to wipe your butt no matter what happens both ways. You know, we're going to buy a house together. We're going to get into debt. 
Raise the kids. <laughs> raise the kids. Like there's such a big foundation of that contract based around acts of service. And then mm. hopefully we'll go on some holidays. We'll spend time with our friends and family. We'll have some really nice experiences. Then it feels like it's quality time. And if that works well, I'm going to make you feel really good. I'm going to say some nice things to you because we've done all of these things and they're all ticked off and we should do some physical touch as well because it's going to help us, you know, procreate. <laughs> like that's kind of like the fundamentals of that thing. And we'll give some gifts to each other on our birthdays and at Christmas time and at Valentine's day. And like, that's, that's sort of, if you look at it, that's 90% off a relationship construct at the moment. I've got even, it. Uh, you've got it. I've, I've got it. I've, I've got okay. something for you. Uh, and I've already said it, but I'm just going to say it again because I don't think you're acknowledging how brilliant this is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on. All, all five love languages, when they come together, they make a complete meal. <laughs> Whereas if you, if you just have words of affirmation, again, that being you're your You're all steak, in on this steak and sides. No, I'm, I'm in on it. And, and give me some damn words of affirmation here, brother. Because <laughs> yeah, brilliant. it really is true. Because this is what we're saying. We give, we're wrapping a metaphor around it so that it yep. makes it easy for people to remember and digest, right? Because sure, I, I, like, dude, I love a steak. But if you give me a steak and then you add some hot potato chips on the side, you give me some Polish yeah. pickles. Add a little bit of mustard, add a little bit of horseradish on the side for me and give me some like nice salad to go with this. Man, that is a complete mm, bang on meal. Whereas if I have a steak and I don't have any of those other things, I'm still satiated. I'm still feeling good, but I ain't like just like this is the best meal ever. So I think from starting our podcast thinking that everyone's got one primary love language and we're trying to navigate the way we're going to look at this whole concept of love languages I think this is the best way to look at it. The most complete and nutritious meal you can have includes all five, one of them being a main, but the others need to also be side dishes that are also present on the table. Yep. Agreed. There you go. And some are more, and I'd even go to the fact that like your tastes can change. Some are going to be more fundamental at certain times than others. Different people are going to tick different boxes. Yep. as well and then that's how you get the whole thing colored in so i'll go back to I'll, you know I, I like high level stuff right so i go back yeah. to the emotional tank mm-hmm. for me it feels like in an ideal world if you can design yeah. people around you or you're in a network or you're in a circle and your family and your friends that mm. give you the best chance at a full emotional tank you probably yeah. need a variety of those love languages ticked off by different people and the other thing is is that Different people will be able to tick different boxes for you too, right? Like if you want a really good gift, you're not going to get it from me. Absolutely that's somebody not. else. That's that's a great gift. Hey, I did buy a PS5. I think that yeah. one's that one's pretty epic. Come on, that was I'm putting that out there when you could not find one anywhere in the world. Oh that yeah. Was found. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. right. he did get so, me a PS5. I, I will not wear this. And the other day, you forgot my birthday. So, that is, <laughs> so I want everyone to know that Vin here, as he sits there and proclaims that he's one of the best communicators on the world, I'm calling this guy out <laughs> on national podcast TV. <laughs> I, can I show you something? I'm going to show you. Those, those of you who can't see the camera, I just need to show you all something. Because I felt so bad that I missed your birthday 
that I put it in my diary and now it's repeated <laughs> every single year. Because Pei Wen, Pei Wen calls me, my wife calls me and she goes, oh yeah, um, it's, what did you get Ali for his birthday? I was like, oh, when is it? She was like, yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh no, one of my best friends had a birthday and I totally forgot. <laughs> so see, it's in, it's in my diary. That's it. Hey, the damage is already done, bro. It doesn't matter now, I, like I know, future I years. Know. I know you've got it automated as well, so it means even less. <laughs> like, I don't even want a birthday message next year. Like, this is done. Oh. <laughs> gifts is oh. zero. It's zero yeah. on gifts and, hey. and acknowledgement of special occasions. <laughs> but, but I always send you words of affirmation in no, form no. of a voice message. So I will, I will be fair as well. Some of the gestures and the gifts that you've actually given would be in the top, like, five or ten that I've ever received. So I will be of fair to him here yeah. of all time so i'll be very very fair here that yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got multiple free passes chantel's yeah. the first birthday that chantel and i spent together i slept like we had a pretty late night the night before we went out and all of that got home at about 5 6 a.m in the morning i woke up at 3 p.m and missed nearly her entire birthday <laughs> to the point where like i was so asleep she left and then I had to like, I'm like, oh no, like what, you know, when you wake up and you're like, oh no, have I just missed like a big exam or like something really important here? And I'm like, oh no, like, and then had to sort of fix all of that. So it's all right. Like you can still well, love well, someone dearly and miss some special occasions and miss the gift. Well, it's all right. <laughs> let me tell you, because this is, I'm just owning up to this one myself. I missed Pei Wen's first Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let that one sink in, mate. You and your birthday? Who cares about that? You what? You turned 36? Whoopty freaking do, Ali. Congratulations. Such an irrelevant I age did. to turn as well. I, I, like 36 is so unmemorable. It's like 36, 37, 36. 38, 39, like pointless birthdays that have zero that? meaning. I miss my wife's first Mother's Day, mate. And, and to the point where my one of my close cousins calling him out as well. He he missed his wife's first Mother's Day. You know what the first thing she said to him was? That's how I know you and Vin are cousins. Ooh. So not only have I missed this, but it's common knowledge amongst my circle to the point yeah. where it's genetic. It's it's a problem. It's, it's a not problem. like it's it's there's actually right. an issue here. I don't know what it it's is. Fine, you can yeah. No, but that makes sense. But I, I don't think any of that made any sense. <laughs> However, I, was, I do have I was a helping move us on to the next point. Yeah, yeah, move on to the next point. <laughs> you just made me dig my own grave. So thanks for that, Ali. Everyone's going to listen to this and go, why did you tell the world that? Why did you? I know, I'm sweating. Uh, I'm, sweating anyway. I'm sweating too. I'm sweating too. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, look, I, I, had a th- I had a think about these love languages. My mm-hmm. love language being words of affirmation. You mentioned before that some people can, some people are good at love languages that you want. Some people can do the love languages that you want, but it doesn't mean as much. So I'll give you an example. Mine's words of affirmation. When I speak to, I just did a conference over the weekend where I spoke to 4,000 people, right? Now, when I got off stage, hundreds of people- You can name drop Matthew McConaughey as well. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, Matthew McConaughey was also at this conference and (laughs) Seth Godin and Mel Robbins and a guy named Vin Jang that nobody knew. And- You had some good supporting acts. To, to the main show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ali. The faith you have yeah, in me is outrageous. Just a, just a few more words. Just getting Thank that you. word it's tank. Feeling that emotional tank. Yep, yep. 
But then when I got off stage, I kid you not, hundreds of people came up to give me some beautiful words of affirmation. Now, those words, sure, they were amazing. They made me feel good. However, hearing something from Pei Wen trumps hundreds of those people saying things to me, right? So there is definitely something to be said about getting your love language from people that actually matter to you. Because there, there is that. Because I was thinking about that last night. I thought, huh, maybe that's why I'm so drawn to this speaking career as well. Because this speaking career is the ultimate form of getting words of affirmation. Because every time you get off stage and you're a performer and you get off stage, the first thing you get is words of affirmation. <laughs> and, and it kind of gave me clarity that I wondered if your love language can give you some kind of insight into maybe even the career path that you should take. Right, that's kind of looking at it from a completely different point of view. Because if it's acts, imagine your love language is acts of service, right? And then you're in a career where all you're doing is sitting in a cubicle, five days a week, nine to five, no human contact. Mm. Damn, man, that would like that is so against. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just using love languages as a self awareness tool as to what kind of career path I should be in. I thought that was a really fascinating kind of topic you seem to not care about right now. No, I love it. I think it's really <laughs> cool because I was just thinking about even yeah. Chantel, like say her two primary or secondary love languages are acts of mm. service and uh, words of affirmation. Yeah. Like she's a teacher. So that's pretty good alignment in it terms really of good. getting the feedback from the kids, working in a team, being able to serve, mm. you know, provide that service, collaboration. Like I think it makes sense. I think if you can align your career path, your vocation, your art, whatever it is that you do with your love languages, it's probably going to be another amplifier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, another point that I thought about as well, sorry for hogging the topics at the moment, you no. can, you can do the next one. But another point that I, I really was fascinated by talking to Pei Wen last night was, I wonder how we develop our love languages. And I, I believe what Gary says in the book is that the love language that we currently have tends to be influenced by the love language we were given when we were young. But then when I thought about that, man, growing up in an Asian family, there ain't no words of affirmation. You know, the, the, it was acts of service. The way that my parents showed me love mm. when I was young was through making sure there was food on the table, making sure that I had warm clothes during the winter and, and you know, nice new clothes that my mum would sew when it, summer came around. There, were, there wasn't much words of affirmation at all. Yet, that's my love language. So it just made me think, it's interesting. You know, the, the author kind of feels that it's developed as a result of whatever was given to us. And yeah, I felt differently about that. I felt, oh, yeah, for me, it was the, the lack of that made me probably want it more. Or maybe innately, I was born wanting it. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I know definitely with my mum. The, the language that was spoken was words of affirmation. Like that's, that's right. what she Made she gave me, a, yeah, a lot of. Then probably the secondary would have been acts of service. You know, she did so much mm. for me on that side. So then I'm like, all right, so they're probably two that existed. as again. And then quality time, I guess, as well was probably pretty big. But, yeah, it's interesting to see how it evolves from what you receive as a child to then mm. what you then also want as an adult. It's a really cool concept. So like to analysis. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, yeah, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on it. It's that 
what determines our love language? It, it's probably a mixture of like the, the whole thing, nature and nurture, right? It's you're born with a certain love language that you clearly want innately. And then nurture also comes into a, comes into play as well. Yeah. So nature and nurture, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thought. Do you think it okay. changes over time? Or is it pretty fixed? Yes, that's, that's a good one. Um, for me, it's been fairly consistent all through my life. Still is. I mean, I, th- I think the reason I got into magic, I mean, this gave me insight. The, the reason I got into a, a career path where it's a, literally a, hey, look at me, look at me, I'm amazing. Say nice stuff, say wow. That I got into that because I, that's how I got my love language. Because when I got into that, people would say really nice things about me, made me feel really good. And I got obsessed over it. <coughs> Not because of the magic, I got obsessed over it because the nice things people were saying about me when I did the magic. So I, I was actually doing things for my love language. I was actively seeking it out. Hmm. And it hasn't changed really for me. What about you? I'm going, I'm, a, I'm going back to questioning again where the words of affirmation's mine because yeah, when, yeah. when I look at you, I know that you genuinely do love words of affirmation from people that give it like that you value and they give it to you. Right? And, and your career makes sense as well. Whereas mm. I actually think it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like Words I'm not that good. Yeah. Like if I actually now think about it more and more, like I think I really like it, but I don't really embrace it. Like that's not something mm. that I go after or try to put myself in a position to get. It's like I nearly want it as a foundational thing, but when I actually get a compliment, and I remember you kind of saying this, you know, like when, when you were probably the first person that taught me how to even receive a compliment where it's like, you know, you can't just sort of catch it and then throw it away. You need to actually grab it and acknowledge it and <laughs> embrace well, it a little context bit. context but because when someone used to give Ali a compliment, he, he'd, he'd kind of grab it and throw it in the bin. There's this like, there's this gesturing of, oh, no, 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 no. He kind of, you know, <laughs> takes your gesture and throws it in the trash and tramples on it. Yeah. Whereas I said, grab the compliment and, and just put it in your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Huh? Oh, you can oh. catch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're not hot fire like hot coals. <laughs> where it's like, oh, 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 shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that just got me thinking a little bit more about it. Mm. I don't know, man. This this is yeah. This is a confusing. You're you're questioning who you are right now. Uh, well, I'm not questioning who I am. I'm questioning the love languages <laughs> more so. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> and what what language I speak or want to be spoken to, and I think it's the interesting one. But I just really do feel like it's such a mixture of them. And I think the primaries can change. I think I do like you your really steak prim- analogy. You think, you, think, you think the primaries can change? Yeah. I uh, no. I think there's there's such a nature part of this that no matter who you are or who you become there are some things about us that never change but right i just feel like words of affirmation mm-hmm. is just foundational nearly to everyone yeah i, I mean i get it like i literally don't know anyone in the world that wouldn't like nice words of affirmation like you yeah. think about it, even when we were a kid, like what are we looking for? We're looking for praise of our family, of our peers. Like yeah, it's like that whole saying, right? Like every, everything that we do is out of fear or love. 
you know, nearly but every action. I can tell you that there's people as well that if all you gave them were words and it was the main dish, yeah. they'd get frustrated. That's right. Like, and then, and then like, if you gave them 90% words and then you gave them 2% quality time, 2% acts of service, they're going to go, man, look, stop talking and, 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 and start doing more. And I, I've got examples of people like that in my life where they actually don't like compliments. Right, where what they want is going. Yeah, man. Look, I look. I, I really appreciate you saying that, but if you don't mind, it would be really helpful if you did this for me. Right. Okay. Here's a question then. Right. Okay. Say if you okay. say if you really strongly believe that words of affirmation is your strongest one. Right. Mm-hmm. Pay when from tomorrow <laughs> onwards, ninety mm-hmm. percent of everything in your life is just words of affirmation. Like all she's doing is saying how amazing you know, like just very appreciative, grateful for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Zero acts of service. So no oh, more looking zero. after Xander. Zero? <laughs> no zero. more cooking. No more <laughs> any of those things. And no activities. So no camping. <laughs> no going and doing nice things. But you get full bucket of acts of service. Now. Are you, is that fulfilling enough to keep you going? If it's just pats on the back all the time. <laughs> Stop talking down. On my love language. <laughs> hey, it's mine too, I think. Hey, I, I, I think it's mine as well. But I, I want yeah, to stress test this me. shit. Like, we're, yeah, we're putting it out here. <laughs> Let's stress test it. You can't say it's a pat on the back. That's not fair. Just, That's like a, no, no, like, no, but just say like, it, no, 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 like, let's assume it's the purest version of words yeah, of affirmation, but none of the other stuff. <laughs> You'd make a good lawyer. Uh Amber Heard needed your help on that trial. <laughs> I, I, I would say you're right. I wouldn't be fulfilled if all I got were just words. I'd kind of go, well, can we do a little bit of camping? <laughs> can, you, can you please just cook that thing you do once a week instead of four times a week, please? <laughs> you're right. Look, I, I understand. I, I guess all, all I'm saying is that I'm not sure if for me, this is me very personally. I don't know if it will change. I think I'd still like it as, you know, I'd like it as, I think 90% is too much. I think I'd like 50% of my plate to be words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I'd like an even distribution of the other ones to be the yeah. other ones, 12, 12.5% of the other ones each, right? I think that to me is that's wonderful. So, yeah. Whereas if you that took it to up. the extreme, if you took yeah. it to the extreme, then nah. So too much love language of any love language could be bad as well. well it, because I think that, that's, goes, that's a potential mistake people could make, right? Like yeah, yeah, you could definitely. nearly go all in and mm. then you just stop working. You stop yeah. doing any of the other stuff, but all you're doing is acts of services for pay when for the next six months, yeah. right? So you go all in on that. Do you think that results in a better relationship? If I just focused on one love language. Yeah, just on one. Because I think that could be the danger here where if people take primary too heavy, um, I really like your breakdown. It's like maybe prior, like the primary is 50%, but yeah. then you also need to have a – like if you're going to action this, and you know we always yeah. go back to actionable and practical yeah, yeah, yeah. applications because there's some cool tips in this book too where it says like yeah. make lists of what the other person wants in each of the different love languages. Log Stick it up plan. in the bathroom mirror. Put it on the bathroom mirror, make like nearly a journaling kind of tool of, all right, how many, if 
If acts of service is their language, how many acts of service did I do? If uh, words of affirmation is their language, how many words of affirmations did I do today? Um, and then practicing that for a three to six month period. Because I think that's also a really cool thing for us to sort of jam into a little bit is like, what's that ideal breakdown? And maybe you might've just really hit on that before where it's 50% of the primary, if you can figure out the primary, and mm. then it's an even distribution of the rest. And then if you are going to then take this into practice, it's breaking those down. So for every four words of affirmation, if that's their language, then you have one gift, one act of service, one part quality time. I like that. And one part physical touch. I like that. And I That'd think be nice. It, that well, sounds pretty I, nice I, to it, me too. Well, it <laughs> sounds like, nice, but I, I don't think we can create a blanket kind of formula that yeah. works for everyone because, like, again, if we go back to that steak analogy, uh, some people would like, the main sides is I just want hot potato chips with it. Well, well, I you're want vegetarian. You're not really going to like. Well, um, well, that's right. Then, then sure. Then, then, then <laughs> tofu. You have fifty percent tofu, right? But I'm just saying that the composition between primary mm. and the secondaries, you've, and that's self awareness, right? Because if you can work that out and then communicate that to your partner with clarity, with love in a way that's non-threatening, in a way that is safe and not attacking, then you're just telling me what you want when you go to the restaurant. And then mm. if I, because this is the funny thing I get into when I talk to Payone about it. She goes, well, well, I don't want to have to tell you these things. And, and, and then to me, it's, but that's how I learn. That's how I'll know. And we've gotten better over the years of her telling me more of these things. And I'm very proud of us as a, as a couple, because in the beginning, it was, it kind of felt, Oh, but aren't we killing the romance? Aren't, aren't I? Am I? Aren't I destroying the spontaneity of this? But when you've been together as 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 long as we've been together with our wives and our partners, it's no longer about that young kind of that 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 lust period. It, it's not that that that's that's great when we had it. Yeah, that's cool. But I love where we are now too. You know, where we are now. We can have these deep, wonderful conversations about life, laugh and cry within one conversation together before we go to bed. Literally did that last night. And it's just, that is such a beautiful relationship. And if I had to choose that over kind of that young, crazy love, I choose this time and time over. But this to me is a way more nourishing thing that I want as an adult. Whereas that, yeah, that's fun, but we had that already. It's kind of like, I don't yearn for that anymore because we've created something pretty cool here, right? Yeah. So, so again, what I'm saying is when you are able to really become clear on, hey, and again, I, I do apologize to the vegetarians. My parents are vegetarians, so they're going to hate this if they ever listen to this, but it's okay because they don't speak English. So, <laughs> well, sorry, but the, <laughs> they do speak English, just not very well, but the, <laughs> God. So it's just, it's good to, it's good to see, you didn't see it coming. I love it. You didn't see it coming. You really didn't see that little accent there coming. I got you. I got you. But what, what, what I'm saying here is when you know the composition of what you want on your plate, me, 50% steak, 12.5% pickles, 12.5% hot potato chips, 4.5% coleslaw with the sultanas in it, and then another 12.5% with the condiments, you know, the the mustard, the, the, the radish, the horseradish, et cetera. Ultimate. 
And then if I now have the courage to be able to communicate that to my partner and go, hey, this is what makes me feel complete. Are you willing to learn this love language that's not innate to you? Are you willing to learn some of those side dishes as well because they're not innate to you? Would you do that for me? I think having the courage to ask that of, of our partners mm. is, is so important. Otherwise, you and this is the thing, you are the only one in this world that knows what you want. We've just got to learn how to communicate that. I like it. So self-awareness, I think it all starts with with you taking the time to be aware of what it is that you want and how you want it and then communicating that and being really clear and then asking your partner to do the same so you can be better for each other because the game we're playing here is not we've just started dating, it's been six months. Mm. We've played the, we've been together more than 12 years. It's, it's a different kind of game and it's a hard game and it's a game that requires truth, self-awareness, and vulnerability. Yeah. And here's the thing. If there was a fixed formula to a happy and long-lasting relationship. That's right. That's right. There's been billions. There is. It's a bit like being a parent. If there was a proven way how to parent a child, yeah. um, there's enough data sets. Like it's happened enough times that people have gotten into a relationship had a kid, you know, had any of these interactions. But yet, even the smartest people have been studying this for 20, 50 years, still haven't mm. said, you know what? I've found the formula. Here's the answer. If you do these six things, you're going to have a 20-year relationship that's going to be at an eight, eight plus out of 10 happiness <laughs> level. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to admire it. Everyone's going to want to emulate it. Like There's yeah. nothing like the amount of times you and me have had conversations where we're like, Hmm. Who can you think of that you know in your circle who's got a relationship that you'd want? And then there's this crickets. Like we're like, oh, that one's pretty good, but not really. Like that one's <laughs> solid, but I wouldn't want that one. Um, yeah. that one's that one had potential early days, but sort of dwindled a little bit. This one's pretty new and fresh, so it might not really last. Let's see what it's like in yeah, five might years' not time. Be real. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's like there is very few examples yeah. of like, oh wow, that person. Just day one until year 30, dominated the game, the yeah. most perfect relationship, gold standard. Here's the Nobel Peace Prize for solving <laughs> relationships. Like, give us the formula. And the answer is it's like it's nearly, it's potentially an unsolvable full equation. Mm. But you can figure it out somewhat, just like parenting. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I was saying to Peiwen last night when we were talking about it. I said to her, the fact that we're talking about these things and that we bring them up and we, we turn them into topics of conversation and we're trying to be better for each other, it's, it's not about playing the game perfectly. It's about playing the game. Mm. It's about being engaged in the game. It's about wanting to play the game together. It's about wanting to continue to play the game, right? It, it's not just about because you, you said something before that made me really reflect. You said 60 to 70% of people don't last in this game. I think the number is higher. I think there are a lot of people who stay in relationships and then just suffer. Because 
the end mark of this game is when someone gets a divorce, right? Once they get a divorce, that's how we kind of go, yep, that game didn't work and you failed at the game. You're no longer playing that game together. But I reckon there are maybe 50% of people divorce. I think that's the number. I didn't look it up. But I would say that there is another massive percentage of people who stay together, don't read books like The Five Love Languages, don't have open, transparent, honest, and vulnerable conversations about, hey, you're not meeting my emotional tank needs. I know I'm not meeting yours. Let's sort this stuff out. Many people are running on an empty tank for the last five years and now have become extremely bitter, extremely resentful. And you can't turn back from that. And to add in a little more, I guess, reality to these situations is that I've seen a lot of these where the only reason they're together is because of guilt, Mm. the children, they can't leave because financially they're not in a position to be able to exist separately. And then it becomes an extremely toxic relationship and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse until at some point they can't handle it anymore. Yeah. So, so I just want to acknowledge that I don't think it's just 60, 70% of people lose this game. I think a lot of people lose this game and it's because we don't get given books like the five love languages. We don't learn about personality profiling early enough in life. Mm. I mean, far out. Imagine, imagine having this book, bro, when we were 18. Imagine having it mandatory in schools and then we learn about this. How much would that change your life? I think it's – I really liked what you said there around there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening to this that Mm. might have an emotional tank that's been empty or hasn't been filled for a while. For a long time. And what I really liked in this book, multiple times, our friend Gaza. Gaza. He he kind of went to – like he said a couple of things that really relate to this. One is that love doesn't keep score. Right, mm-hmm. and that, I think the meaning behind that is that a lot of the times when we put our love out there or we do something nice for someone, if it's not reciprocated straight away, mm-hmm. we'll then be like, "No, nah, that didn't work," or "That wasn't worth it." Like I put myself out there and it wasn't given back to me, and that can happen a lot, especially longer term relationships. It's not because the other person, you know, doesn't want to do it. It, it could be they're distracted. There's other things going on that just didn't feel it. But what I really love there is, he's like, "Do it for three months." Do it for six months and then maybe in month three or four, you'll start seeing a shift. So if your tank has been empty for a long period of time, if you're expecting somebody to come along and just fill that tank for you, that might be the most difficult way of doing that. But if you're able to be the proactive person that goes out and tries to fill other people's tanks as much as you can, then maybe there's a chance that's going to be reciprocated and it's going to come back to you in some way, shape or form. And I thought that was a really cool point in the book. Love it's that. Like you take control of the actions that you can do by the languages that you speak. Mm. Do it for a consistent period of time. Log it, track it, get better at it, at executing it, and then review the results in six months and then see where your tank's at. Uh, and if the only thing I'll say it. differently to what you said, Ali, is review it more frequently. Because there, there are quite a few reasons why the love language that you're starting to share with others may not work. And yep. the first one being the most obvious one is that you have identified the wrong love language. You thought that their love language was words of affirmation, but you're actually wrong. Their love language might be physical touch, right? So I think review it frequently because it may not be working because you've got the wrong damn love language. Yep. 
And I would say the second thing is that if your t- emotional tank is empty, chances are their emotional tank is empty. And if you're trying to fill up their emotional tank, it takes a little time before the tank gets to the first bar. And the other person is not going to fully feel the effects of their tank being filled up until you get to maybe the second or third notch. It takes a minute. Because when you, you know, a, a part of the, the reason why I think it may not work too is the other person might just be going, oh, here you go. What do you want? You know, yeah. you, you just want something from me. Right? So you just got to keep giving to get past that point so you build trust with that person. And, and the, the author actually said this as well, is that if, if you got the love language correctly and you keep trying to fill this person's love tank consistently and build trust with them and it still doesn't work, then the reality is that person could be emotionally involved with somebody else. They're, they're getting it from somewhere else now. Yeah. So your feeling of the tank is no longer effective is because they're getting their tank filled somebody yeah. else. Right? And those were three very powerful points that I think the author pointed out is get it right, do it long enough so that it gets up to the, you know, the, the halfway point at least or a third of the way so they really feel the impact of their tank being filled. And then if you do all of that and it doesn't work, it could be that they're either out of love with you or they're in love with somebody else or, or they're getting it from somewhere else. Really cool. I loved how you wrapped that point up. And it just feels like a level of discipline and execution is required for this to actually work. Even though we're speaking about something like love, which is a little bit airy fairy at times and can be hard to define. I think a lot of this is actually around execution and commitment because that, that six month period, it's a bit like going to the gym, right? Like you can go twice and lift weights and be like, Hey, am I buff? Why not buff yet? Like I've been, I went for two hours. Like this should have worked already. Where, where are the results? And I think with things like this, where you're doing a transformation and you're doing something that's a little bit more difficult, that requires more repetitions, that six month period as a test or an experiment is what it's all about. And, and even with this, you know, when you were saying that how good it would have been if we read this book when we were 18 or 19, I think that would have been mm. amazing for the foundational knowledge of this. And we know this stuff. Like we've read this book before. Yeah, Practicing it is a whole different ballgame. And it's cool that it actually does provide some guidance on how to practice it. And it might just be a few basic things, but – I just love logging stuff and trying to get streaks. Like if you could sit there and say, you know, your partner's love language is words of affirmation. If you can get a streak of 180 days where you said a word of like three words of affirmation every day for 180 days, that's 500 words of affirmation. Surely there's going to be some impact if that's that person's love language. Absolutely. Absolutely. You make a cup of coffee every single day for a six month period of time. Mm. Uh there's going to be something in that. And then I'm guessing it's going to compound too. And then, and then when the person's love tank is full, their emotional tank is full, they're happier, they're, you both can show up in the relationship as your best self. You know, it, the other person's not insecure. They're not feeling unloved. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of the times in relationships, people, couples, oh, I don't, I don't know if he loves me. You know, I don't know if she loves me. You know, it's it's kind of that. Yeah, it, it does solve a lot of problems learning how to do this and practicing it. And and while you were saying the whole practicing of the theories and the lessons that we learn, it's funny. I've 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 been doing a few Instagram lives uh, on on my Instagram since I'm a bit of an influencer now. 
my <laughs> 200 plus thousand followers just saying Ali yeah, yeah. You have, what? how go. many followers do you have Ali just saying yeah five <laughs> sad part is it's true yeah no, no it's fine numbers don't matter but sometimes they do uh, <laughs> I love how many words of affirmation you've given yourself during this podcast episode like it's been it's been great to watch just what the humility on this guy <laughs> Thank you for that, Vin. I appreciate you very much. No, but yeah, the, yeah. what I was going to say was going live now is really interesting because before when I had five followers like you, I'm much cooler now. Before yeah. when I had five followers and I went on live, I'd, I'd get a very limited number of questions. Whereas when I jump online, I go live now, just questions, just boom, to just keep flowing, right? Things, things you wouldn't understand, Ali. Because you're so and, famous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's so what? many questions like you can't even answer them all again things you would not be able to relate like, to but like, when i <laughs> when i do do them one thing that i i see a lot is the obsession that people have with the acquisition of knowledge mm. they always want to know how things are done the method. and the method it's always about how is it done how is it done i think we've give me three best tips so i can just go do this and Every single yeah. time. That's yeah. in my DMs. Three best tips on communication, Vin. Uh, Vin, what's the best book on communication? Vin, what's the best review method for communication? Yeah. Vin, what's the most common problem you find that people need to fix and they become a better communicator? Yeah. It's We are obsessed about knowledge acquisition. Mm-hmm. We are not and the answer is enough. download. If you want to become a keynote speaker, download Vin's keynote. Spend a month copying it word for word. Go to a country where he's not currently speaking and deliver it. <laughs> that is your formula. Say, so I've just given you the three oh, tips. God. That's how you do it. <laughs> oh, you're you're a terrible person, Ali. <laughs> Please don't do that. I don't need any more competitors. <laughs> I, I I guess the point of what I'm saying is I I really want to call out that addiction to knowledge acquisition. And I feel like we need to start moving towards more knowledge application. It's it, okay. That, that's that's enough reading about how to swim. You've read enough books on how to swim. It's time to jump in the water. Stop stop reading about how to swim. It, it, it's time to jump in the water and and practice. And and that's kind of where I'm at in my life now with with the majority of lessons in my life. I'm. I'm less now obsessed about knowledge acquisition. I'm more obsessed about knowledge application. Because I think application is what's going to move us towards mastery, not just knowledge acquisition. Mm-hmm. There's, that, there's that fable. There was a class and the teacher split the class into two. And the teacher said to one side of the class, the left side of the class, the teacher said, look, all of you, I want you to make as many pots as you can in the next two weeks. Make as many pots as you can. It was a pottery class. And then he turned to the group on the right and he said, all right, you guys over here, I want all you guys and gals to only make one pot in the next two weeks, but it has to be the most beautiful and perfect pot. At the end of the two weeks, the most perfect and beautiful pot came from the group that made the most pots, the left group. Whereas the right group that tried to make the one perfect pot they ended up making up the shittiest pots that were in the class, which the point of that story is there is a beauty in application that is only achieved through volume. And I think this is one of those books where 
it's so difficult to speak a language that is not your own that if you don't apply it on a daily basis, weekly basis, have reminders stuck in your office, in your bathroom, in your toilet, this is one of the hardest things to apply. Because I feel like you and I, we, look, we, we're not the brightest of people, of course, but we- I am. We're, 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 okay, you are? Okay. <laughs> That's why you have no followers. But I just needed a word of affirmation because you, you diminished my follower count so badly. So <laughs> yeah, you have to lie about- I, I, I just feel that, feel that tank up a little bit. I was running low. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, and the reason I brought that all up and went on that rant there is- mm. You're really going to have to commit. You were saying you're not the brightest behavior. person. So continue yeah, from well, you not well, being we, very I'm bright. Not, I'm not we are not <laughs> the brightest people out there. And <laughs> I just feel as if even we struggle a lot with this. And I, and again, I'm 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 trying to compliment ourselves mm. without coming across across as an arrogant wanker here. But it's mm. we're we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yet we still struggle with this. Right, so I think you're doing you all right. I've still only got really five well. followers, so I don't know. Like, how... and, and and hey, just, I'm, just, not, uh, just I'm not letting you have this one, am I? <laughs> you just want to get. Let me let me just let me just talk to this for a second, because there's another really important point here. My my social media, and I just want to say it because <laughs> it, it's been an interesting journey for me on social media. I've been creating content for the last nine years, and for the last nine years. I've never ever experienced growth like I have in the last four weeks. And this is where that conversation comes up. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's important. It's that people think that, I mean, immediately my, I've had speaker friends who reached out, people who know me reached out and go, hey man, dude, that's amazing. I can't believe all of a sudden, like it was so quick. You went from like 10,000 now. Yeah, overnight success. That whole conversation started coming in quite frequently. And and I actually got a bit annoyed at it. I was like, well, it's not, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over nine years. I've been creating content nonstop for nine years. And again, it speaks to the power of volume. Volume does also create quality, right? It, it's not the most effective and efficient way to learn. But I think when it comes to love languages and applying or learning a new love language, I think volume is also going to help. So if you think your partner's love language is words, try a whole bunch of different words of affirmation. Compliment the way they look, maybe compliment the way they, their energy is that day, compliment some, on some of their successes, share some of their wins, or you know, like a volume of it would let you experiment and learn what is the most optimal thing. You know, it's, it's kind of, again, just speaking to the importance of volume and how volume leads to, to quality and success. Absolutely. And we usually use the analogy that we're all about collecting dots. And I, I think mm. just closing off your, your point there around knowledge acquisition and knowledge application, I think the reason why a lot of people ask you for your top three tips, top five tips, is they're also at the stage where they're collecting the dots, right? So you do need – it's nearly a combination. You need some direction around well, this person's doing it really well. If I can find out their three to five dots, that gives me a starting point. And they might also be looking for a starting point of where to apply rather than like, okay, well, where do I actually start? And mm. it's nearly that combination. Like you get, you've got really good volume because the quality of the dots that you're trying. So you're trying a lot of different things, mm. but they're actually pretty aligned in terms of the game that you're trying to play. 
know what I mean? So it's also how do you increase the quality of those dots um, and the quality of that knowledge that you're acquiring? So we we actually organically do it in a few different ways. We reach out to experts. We read books. We find mentors. We get coaching. We search for those dots. Like we go and actively seek out better quality yeah. dots. Like even if you look at your social media, you went out, you hired people that had had yeah. previous experience. Like, so you keep continuing those dots that also increase the effectiveness of your volume. Yeah. Right? yeah it's Whereas true. I think it's true. For, it's, yeah. So that is part of the game too. And I think it's really important to preface that, that if your dots are of an average quality, just having volume might not actually help you. And it's the same with love languages. Like if you're if you're speaking that love language and you're not actually yeah. focusing on the quality of how you're talking and executing that, doesn't mean that you're going to have an epic relationship just because you did 50 acts of service that you didn't really actually think about that had no real depth to them or quality to them. So I love what you said there around quality. Like yeah. quality is something that's pretty important here. And we do it as well. Like even when I think about work, like one of the things that we always do, every year we'll do our strategic planning, we'll make a plan for the next 12 months. And I love volume. I love volume dots. So I'll, I want us to have a thousand ideas. And then from there, we'll try to execute all of them. We never do. We'll execute maybe 60 to 80% of those. But then out of that 60 or 80%, there's going to be 20 or 25 that are going to be amazing. right? But there's still, those thousand still have to have some level of quality. Now we'll categorize them. Some will be low impact or what we think will be low impact. Some will be medium, some will be high. A lot of the times we're wrong. Sometimes we think something's going to be high impact and it's completely low impact or it's not ready yet. But it's that process of quality moves, quality actions, reviewing them, consistently taking action and executing them, improving the ability to execute, and then finding the real gold, you know, the winners there. And and that might even be the same with love languages where – we're still yet to unlock certain things potentially in our most important relationships where we're like, she said she liked a cup of coffee, but now I've figured out, oh, it's this type of dessert that I can make that's even the next level um, well, in terms of the act of service or whatever it might look like. You, you just added an extra point to what you were saying without realizing in that you can't determine how good an action was until the action is taken. Right. It's because again, and I'll use my social media video example, the video of mine that went viral, that got seven and a half million views that, that I think is the main reason why I had an increase of 200,000 followers. Right. I did not expect that to go well. If, if, if you gave me a list of videos that we were about to release that week, I looked at the list of videos and I went, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a banger. That's going to be a banger. That one's going to be crap. That's going to mm-hmm. be a And the one that I thought was going to be crap banger. Was the one, and I, and 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 I think again, I I appreciate what you're saying is that ensure we always enhance the quality of actions that we're taking, but you don't know if it's a good pot until you've completed the pottery process. Yeah, and I think the only way to learn the the secret to learning is not in the acquisition; it's in the application of the knowledge. It's in the doing, and I think we've because of the internet and the way the internet is, whether you're on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. The videos that we see are always educational videos, people who tell us how to live, people who tell us how to be more productive. So it's this constant feeding of there's more knowledge. I mean, this podcast is probably contributing to that as well. This is how you should be in a relationship. This is how you should do this. This is how you should do that. And then people are just overwhelmed and then they get into a state of analysis paralysis. 
Whereas the clear message that I hope our 17 listeners get right now mm-hmm. is that learn and apply the crap out of it. And through the application process and the doing, you're going to understand the quality of the lesson that you just learned. And then analyze. Was that a quality lesson? If it was, keep going. If it wasn't, leave it. Improve the quality of the knowledge back to application. But you don't truly know the quality of the knowledge until you apply the knowledge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I felt felt like a really powerful pause. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. On that note, uh, I mean, I mean, there there are a few other things that I, I wanted to mention before we kind of we kind of end this 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 episode, and it's just examples of of each love language because I think one mm. of the things that really confused me was what's what's acts of service. Like, what do you mean by that? So I think let's just start with a few examples. I'd love you to share some examples as well. But when it comes to words of affirmation. Let's just talk about words of affirmation, examples of words of affirmation a little, just to give some people clarity on the final thing that we do. What would be the, some examples of words of affirmation for you? I think uh, <clears throat> when you can really articulate and acknowledge someone's strengths and the value that they provide is a pretty good one, especially if it's based around a skill and you know that it's a skill that that person values and they've tried pretty hard at, right? Like- Okay. Like so, with you. So, so someone saying something like, Hey Ali, you're you're an amazing leader. Mm. It was incredible that you were able to make that decision and then achieve this incredible result for yeah. for, for future golf. Uh, yeah, like the, the depth, right? Or hey Vin, you're an amazing content creator. Those nine years have not been in <laughs> wasted in vain. Um, you're always going to become famous and have more than five Instagram followers. So well done on your execution. <laughs> Hey, that felt great. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ali. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think we don't, it doesn't have to be that as well. I think, you know, it can also be, hey, you look really good today. You know, yeah, hey, I, I love your outfit today. You know, it can, it can be simple as that. It can be, yeah. uh, I, I know I don't say enough. Yeah, well, your head doesn't smell good. You need to actually, you know what? And I asked you if you wash your head and you go, well, there's no hair. I don't need to wash my head. I'm like, damn it. That's why. You don't wash your head with shampoo. Listen, natural, natural scent. Just. Oh man, it's so yucky. It's just, uh, I think it's my friend. It's, yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's just, the chemistry it's of the thing. It's the vibe. You just don't no, get it's it. Odor. It's, it's, well, no, it's, it's different. It's, well, we'll leave that. There's a hygiene, <laughs> and then there's a lack of hygiene. I, I, I just want, want to quickly share one more example of words of affirmation. Uh, for me, it would be celebrate wins with me. Mm-hmm. When there's a win, let's. Let's talk about the win a little, you know, instead of, Hey, I achieved this good job. You know, I'd, I'd love a little more. I'd love, I'd love you to follow up some questions, ask some questions with me. How did you, how did you achieve that? Uh, What are you currently feeling? You know, like those, Oh, if you do that for me, that is a medium cooked tomahawk served with all my favorite sides. That's a good one. I like um, the one that I like giving out and probably also like receiving is when something against the odds has taken place mm. and you've been able to navigate it and that's, that's acknowledged, you know, I love oh, yeah. those ones. It's like the, uh, the but, but not story. just acknowledged. Let's yeah. talk about it a little. 
Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, really, let's really celebrate. Let's dig into this. Like, hey, let's, let's really how zero odds of happening, and then yeah, let's play by play breakdown of how that. Hey, let's, let's see that in reverse slow mo. So tell me again, how did you close that deal? What did you say on the phone call, Vin? And I'll be like. Oh, it's my pleasure. I would love to reenact that for you. <laughs> let me paint the picture. I was sitting there. Yeah, let me slide breeze. Give me an opportunity to do that, and I'm I'm okay. all yours. All right, I think uh, we've covered words of affirmation. We covered Let's, words. <laughs> Let's go to quality time. All right. Okay, quality so time. For me, I'll start with that. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll start with that. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the first thing with quality time is undivided attention. Mm. You know, don't, 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 don't be on the phone. Don't have the TV on. Don't, you know, take your body, face it towards me. You know, give me your attention. Yeah. So I think focus and attention, undivided focus and attention. Yeah. For me, I love like, I love environments and like experiences. So Let's go on a trip. Let's do something spontaneous. Let's go watch a movie. Let's do, you know, play a round of golf. Like those are those quality time things. And then also I think providing those experiences for other people is something that I really enjoy doing too. It's like, all right, can we get the crew together and do this? I've bought two tickets to this. Let's go. Like that's that's something that I really enjoy. Definitely under this category for me too is once in a lifetime experiences like what you mentioned. But Things that are special items. Bucket list items. Yeah, that's quality Mm -hmm. time. I mean, I also think something simple as just being a good listener Mm -hmm. uh, is is a part of quality time. Quality time, I think, is when someone, again, it's it's kind of related under undivided attention, but when someone's being an active listener, they're truly listening to you. They're not just listening to respond, but they're truly listening. I think that also is a massive contributor to quality time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like you said, activities together, uh, listening and focused attention. All right, that's that's quality time. Receiving gifts. Marshmallow, uh, small small containers without small ingredients within them. Uh, That's a category of gift that that Ali gives. He gives you a box that looks like it has s'mores inside, but when you pick it up, it feels really light and you start to question, well, it must just be marshmallows. No, open it up. No marshmallows. No biscuits. Figured, no chocolate. I figured you had all the rest of the ingredients you just needed the box to carry them. So physical gifts. That's an obvious yep. uh, example of receipt. Like, yeah, like, physical gifts. Yeah, gifts. I think gifts align to interests as well, right? Like when you know somebody loves camping, you get them a box where they can carry their s'mores uh, inside. <laughs> okay, so there's a it's, it's a form of remembered gifts. So that's it's right. you paying attention to me. And then getting me a gift that's associated with something I actually like. Mm-hmm. And that Amazon to- can deliver the next day. That's yeah, under $50. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was quite a cheap plastic box, to be honest. Yeah, it got, and it got delivered in like an hour. Like it was- well, yeah, I mean- that- <laughs> Everything else was sold out. It was a bad time. No, but that, that's a really good point. Let's, let's not joke around for this one no. because, again, it was a shitty gift. Like we know It was that. a great gift. No, it was a shitty gift. You still I, use I, it. I get to choose. I get to choose. You use it. There was you still have I, it. You didn't even throw it out. Yeah, it's true. Actually, it's true. well, I, I have it because I, I want I've it to remind it. me of how shitty the gift was. I just, I never want to forget. That it's I sentimental in how bad yeah. it is. It's, it's a sentimental negative memory. Uh, I'm calling just, you out on this. I think you deep down, you love it. You no. know, it means a lot. 
it's it's it was your first camping gift before you started your love for camping. Got you started on that journey. The point I'm trying to make here is that mm. it's remembered gifts. It's yeah. It's a form of gifts when someone truly pay attention to your passions and what you love in life, and then they, and even if they don't love the gift, they cherish it because hey, that person really knows that I love this particular area yeah. of, and like this kind of passion or this hobby. I think I think that there's something very special to that when someone mentions it only once and said, "Oh, I would, I'd love to do X, Y, Z." Right, I mean, something yeah. you did the other day for me. Like, again, just to, to full clarity, Ali's a wonderful friend. But the other day, I mentioned to you probably about twenty times. It wasn't subtle. I said, "Man, I love acai bowls." <laughs> and then you took me out. We had acai bowls, and, and then you ordered two acai bowls to arrive at the front of my house for me. You live in Melbourne. I live in Adelaide. I mean, they were the the shittiest acai bowls I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah, and the ones that Uber again eats. fail on the delivery component. Yeah, but the thought was beautiful, and that's a remembered gift. You you know something I like. And you got me that gift and it meant something. Go back to the s'mores too. I'm not going to leave this episode okay, without you acknowledging right, 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 right. the s'mores box is good. Okay. There's more meaning behind it. What was one of the things that we were doing first trip oh. in America when we're there with Dan? What were we eating? S'mores. Around the fire every single night. S'mores. We were oh, eating s'mores. Okay. You were cooking Dude. up s'mores. Wow. You love the fire. So I'm okay. like, this guy... And I actually okay. thought there was s'mores in the box. So in fairness, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Because of how expensive well, the box was, I would assume that there was actually some s'mores in there. Hey, hey, that you just saved that. Well done. That was a good save. That's Great a really gift giver. That, hey, I'm glad I kept the box. I'm glad I didn't throw it in the bin. But that now makes it more rounded. So that's not remembered gifts. That's kind of like a, it's almost like a monumental gift. It's, it's like a, it's a gift. It's, it's, a, it's a significant, it's a meaningful gift. Correct. I'm glad I, you can now I, see that four years later. I can see it's it good. four years later. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's one of those gifts that's only added in value over time. Yeah. Well, we started <laughs> from a very low giving. <laughs> the, the next form of gift that I think exists as well, just to give clarity, because it's not just expensive stuff, because that's how I got confused. But it's, it's a gift that you could share with someone as well. I mean, again, you, you were great in doing this for us in that you got us a a family ticket to go do some arts and craft together where it was a gift that was a shared experience for myself and my family, which was a wonderful form of gift. Right. And then the final form of gift that I think exists, unless you have any more is the gift to yourself, you know, and you're, you're very good at doing this. You know, I call you on a random Tuesday. I'm like, Hey, what are you up to? And you're like, bro, you wouldn't believe I've had the worst day ever. I woke up really late and then I had breakfast by myself and then I went and got a massage and then I went and played a game of golf. Worst day. No, but you, you're being sarcastic, obviously. But that's you gifting yourself the opportunity to, to have a day for you, a self-care day. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I'm very bad at that. I don't gift myself those things. I, I feel guilty when I do it. Some work I've got to do. For sure. And I think and, just as you're talking about gifts there, I think the other gift is the gift of opportunity. Right, so there's actual physical gifts and all that. But when I think about even our relationship, a lot of the gift giving has also been in terms of the doors that have been open. Like, say, for example, this podcast. Like, I view that Mm. as a gift that you've provided. You know, like, this is your realm. This is your space. You open that door, and it's like we get to now do this thing and share it with those 17 people that are listening right now. Like to me, mm. there's also those types of gifts. Like we've done different work together over the time and it's 
resulted in, you know, unlocking new relationships, new lessons, new learning. There's a gift of knowledge, gift of opportunity, gift of being able to practice what you love doing. Mm. So I think that there's these types of gifts as well that aren't really as, you know, transactional as, hey, buy present, buy flowers, buy jewellery, buy whatever it is. There's deeper levels of value you can provide to people. Um, And and I'm going to say too, you know, like don't, 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 don't not, do the flowers and jewelry. That that's a pretty cool that's a pretty critical component too, you know. It's 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 important, but it's not all about just that. It's it's like a nice rounded kind of thing. And I I, I really love wending on this because at least we're now giving people some examples of it, right? I think the the the, the next one is acts of service. So what about acts of service? I, I can kick kick us off with one and and the biggest acts of service that I know Paywen loves is strangely enough when I do some housework. Because to her that's me contributing to this family. You know, it's funny because I may go from being this keynote speaker in front of 4,000 people, but when I come home, I ain't a keynote speaker. I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I have house duties. You know, I bathe my son, I take the trash out, I vacuum the house on occasions. And so again, I know that that housework is, a, is an act of service that, that is really valuable to my wife. Yep, for sure. Um, for me, actually, acts of service was one that really stood out for a different reason is mm. it just made me recognize and appreciate how many acts of service I receive on a daily basis. And right. I think especially as an entrepreneur, as you know, when you live in a family environment, when you've got all these things happening, like for my world to operate, there is so much that other people do for me on a daily yeah. basis on so many different levels for that to happen. And mm. it's easy to lose sight of that at times. You know, like I think that's just something that's always existed in my life as well. Like there's been so many people there that have done things that help me practice or um, execute on the things that I need to do. And I think that that's another side is both in terms of providing those acts of service, but also the appreciation, especially for the day-to-day stuff that can often get missed. Like that's something that Mm. I think is really common is think about in your life, like all the things that are happening for you whether yeah. it's somebody giving you a coffee to laundry, to the house being well, kept, to the kids getting to school, to yeah. you know tasks being done to keep the business going. There's so many different acts of service that happen everywhere in our world. Especially um, for entrepreneurs. I mean, massive shout out to, to Pei Wen right now and Chantel because I was thinking about Pei Wen and Chantel just for a moment and I think – with Pei Wen, for example, she took Xander to school this morning. Mm. She woke Xander up, make sure she fed him and that my son was looked after and everything. I had to take briefing calls in the garage, my studio, and she ensured that Xander, you know, didn't run in and disrupted, disrupt me. And it's like, and then she made sure that she prepared lunch and, and letting me know that, hey, I'm going to be back around 12 after you finish your podcast and we'll have lunch together. And it's just... The, the very jacket that I'm putting on and the clothes I'm putting on that she, she, you know, she made sure that it was clean. I had stuff that I wanted to wear. It was cold. She made sure I had my favorite beanie. It's like all of those acts of service. Again, if you took that away from me and you just gave me words, it's like, man, it's not the same, is it? Mm. Oh, and Partners do a lot. And I uh, was just even thinking of teams, right? Like, Mm. More and more as we speak about this, I bloody love it when people have a skill or a talent that can mm. help me make a dream or a vision turn into a reality. Like that is yeah. something that's so core and foundational to me. Like whether that's 
Chantel, yeah. yourself, the kids, you know, the the team that I work with, like champions and mentors that I've had, somebody that provides a really good piece of information. Like those to me are just such high value mm. level acts of service where it's like, oh, I had this thing. I didn't, I couldn't really figure out how to make it happen. And then you've mm. come along and you've helped me execute it or achieve that outcome. I'm like, oh, that's one that really hard to forget and never diminishes in value, even over a five, 10 year period. Mm. Oh, dude, I love it. I mean, that's cool. That's, that's a fantastic kind of, I think, summary of all the different types of acts of service, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, what's funny, one, one last one I'll mention here is a big one that Paywen said she loves when I, when I do this, and this is her love language, is she goes, when she's trying to have an hour of peace and quiet and I'm blocking all of the potential things that could stop her from having a peaceful hour, and that's generally Xander. So it's, it's like she's trying to nap, Xander goes up, and I just jump up, grab him, we go to the park. She loves that. That to her, that is like the, like I'm her, to, to her, it's like a knight in shining yeah. armor just stepped in and grabbed the monster and ran out with it. You know, it's, it's kind of a big one for her. All right. Yeah. How about physical touch? Well, I think, I think the, 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 the obvious one is, I guess, sex, uh, I guess, intimacy, uh, kissing, hugging, you know, I, I think there's, there's other forms of that in terms of like hugging someone when they need it, uh, yeah. being there to hold someone when they cry, you know, holding somebody's hands. Like I know you love sitting there with your, your boys and just have them like all next to you. You love to snuggle with them. I'm a massive snuggler with my boy too. I'm a I big snuggler. I'm oh, I love snuggling. Snuggler. Snuggling is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. A- any, anything else that I may have missed, do you think? Yeah, I think it even, it could be things like sport. sport. Okay. Massages. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah massages. Yeah. I don't know. What else are forms of physical touch? You know what's a weird one I read about is mm. like, I know this might seem a little bit weird, but I, I wear this necklace that my grandma gives me. Yeah. And that yeah, to me almost feels like it's a, it's a, it feels really nice having it on me. It's why I always yeah. wear it. It's why, you know, yeah, I've got, I've got one many necklaces. Yeah, you got yeah. one too. I always wear, like I've got many necklaces, but this is mm. the one I always wear because it reminds me yeah. of the most of my grandma, you know? And, and so it's kind of like, it, it, yeah, that, that touch to my skin. I was like, yeah, it's a piece of her always with me. You know, I love it. Okay. So it could be, yeah, like textures, clothing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. And I think we covered all of them. All right, there we go. Well, look, I, I think what, what I'll end this podcast on is that it's very easy to speak only the language that you know, and generally that's your love language. It's going to take a lot of effort to learn how to speak somebody else's love language. It's not going to be easy. This probably will be one of the most challenging things you do and if, you, if you're to do it consistently. And if the question in your mind is, yeah, yeah, Vin, I get it. I'm going to try to speak my partner's love language, but how do I get them to speak my love language? Ali touched on this before. You have to give first. If you want others to give you what you want, you have to give first. Be the first to give. Be the first to have initiative. Don't, don't play the victim card on this. Don't sit and think, oh, my partner doesn't give me my love language. Oh, I'm a, I'm a... Take charge of it. Take ownership of this because it takes two to tango in a relationship. Be the one that gives first. Be the bigger person. Give first. And give consistently and grab this book. Give it a good read. And it's not just about knowledge acquisition. It's about knowledge application. 
Those are my final words. Over to you, Ali. I think you summed it up perfectly, brother. There that is, is such a cop out. You got to say something. You got to end it on something. Come on, brother. <laughs> Two hours and six minutes in, I think. <laughs> I I agree I, because that, that's exactly what I would have said. I'm like, it's about longer term practice. Going first. I, I think just finishing on that note as well that with relationships, don't get, don't fall into the trap of scorecarding it, seeing who's winning. Like have a little bit of flexibility with how you play that game. And maybe if you are going to keep score, play against yourself. Like what is your goal with how many of these positive actions do you want to take in your relationship? The other thing is maybe if you are going to read this book, it could be a really cool exercise to read it with your partner at the same time and then make a little bit of an action plan while you're going through the book to on how you both want to then implement it. So it might stop that reciprocity not happening. Like you're increasing your chances of both of you knowing it. You get to have that vulnerable conversation of the things that you actually want. You get to find and define the love languages that you both speak. And then you can make even nearly a joint plan around how you, how you want to approach it moving forward. I knew you'd have a gold nugget. I absolutely agree with that. Read it with your partner, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us for an episode of the Vin and Ali show. Got a big ask for you at the end of this one. For those of you who are listening up until this point, if you do enjoy the show and you do love it, please do consider subscribing on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whichever your favorite platform for podcasts actually is. And do consider leaving us a review. I mean, we we know we have at least 17 listeners and we've got about five mm-hmm. reviews. So we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know yeah. what you think of the show. Uh, please go in there, consider subscribing, give us a rating, and we'd love to hear a review from you. Thanks, everyone. See you on the next one. Hi, hello, it's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about, and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out.